Hey there, before we get started, please be advised and be aware that this series, Scars and Ashes, is for mature audiences only. It contains conversation about sexual violence, and that can be triggering for some. So if you're down to continue listening, thank you. But if this is too much and you cannot listen, that's totally fine. We invite you instead to pray for people impacted by sexual violence and also pray for our society as a whole. God bless. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Church, the podcast featuring conversations and information for the church curious and convinced. I am your host, Sonia, and today we're continuing our series, Scars and Ashes. This is episode three. Let's Talk Church. In last week's episode, we focused on Jacob's silence. We also shared some survey results and some resources that can help us if we encounter someone in Dinah's situation. However, this week, we're focused on what happens next. Hamar. You remember Hamar. He's Shechem's father. Hamar came to discuss the matter with Jacob, and of course, he brought Shechem with him. Now, while this was happening, Jacob's sons came in from the field. Remember last week, Jacob was silent, perhaps, and he was waiting um, for his sons to come in from the field. So the sons are now in from the field. And when they are told what happened to their sister Dinah, they were shocked and furious. Folks, we have a reaction. The King James says they were grieved and very wroth, angry. They felt that Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family. It's a family thing for them. So Hamar tries to calm the situation. He tells Jacob and his sons that Shechem is truly in love with Dinah. And he asked them if Shechem may marry Dinah. Now to sweeten the deal, he offers intermarriage between the people of Shechem and Jacob's people. And he says, look, you know, Let's let's arrange other marriages too. You give us your daughters, and uh, and and and, uh, and, uh, and we'll exchange our sons, and you know, and vice versa. And you can live among us. The land is open to you. So Hamar is offering Jacob and his son and us and his family a chance to settle in the region. Now, mind you, Jacob has already bought some land there, but he's offering him a bigger opportunity to settle in the region. He says, settle here and trade with us and feel free to buy property in the area. And Hamar is doing his best to make a bad situation tolerable so that his son can have what he wants. And what does his son want? Dinah as his wife. Now, verse 11 tells us that Shechem spoke to Dinah's father and brothers as well. 
He begged them for Dinah, saying, Please be kind to me and let me marry her. I will give you whatever you ask. And then he goes further and he says, look, no matter what dowry or gift you demand, I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. Now, mind you, they didn't bring Donna with them to this negotiation. So let that sink in for a minute. They're talking about her future, but they haven't brought her home. Hamar and Shechem have given the pitch of their lives so that Shechem can have what he wants, Dinah, as his wife. And they've got one more pitch to give. Let's see how it turns out. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I have personally used the lemon and carrot body butter, and I adore it. A little goes a long way, and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, you can check them out at HerbalGlowUS.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. Okay, so the scene is set. Hamar and Shechem are offering everything that they have so that Shechem can marry Dinah, a woman he raped. His bro- her brothers are still processing the fact that he raped her. The man that assaulted their sister is standing right in front of their faces. They're grieving, they're shocked, they're angry, and Jacob still isn't recorded saying anything. So, the sons respond. And when they respond... They do so deceitfully. They tell Hamar and Shechem that they couldn't possibly allow this, not because of what he's done to Dinah, but because they are not circumcised. Yes, you heard that correctly. They say it would not it would be a disgrace for their sister to marry a man like him, a man who is not uh, who is not circumcised. So they offer a resolution of their own. They tell Hamar and Shechem, look. All right, guys, we, we got a way to, you know, kind of work with you and try to make this work. They say, look, if every man among you will be circumcised like we are, then we will give you our daughters and we will take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to be circumcised, we will take her and the her being Dinah. We will take Dinah. And be on our way. So what's wrong with this proposition? All they're asking for is a little circumcision, right? Well, Exodus 22 tells us that if a man, sedu- if a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged to anyone and has sex with her, he must pay the customary bride price and he must marry her. But if the father refuses to let him marry her, the man must still pay him an amount equal to the bride price of a virgin. 
this was the way of the world at that time. I have my opinions, but I'll spare us all my thoughts on these regulations. Deuteronomy tells us the price. It says, suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her and he may never divorce, divorce her as long as he lives. According to this mindset or these regulations, Hamar and Shechem are trying to do the customary thing, but the brothers are not having it. Remember when I told you about Jacob and Esau and how Jacob had been tricky. So let's watch how his sons work. I told you they did the deceitful thing. The brothers knew about the circumcision requirement from God. It is the mark of their covenant relationship with him. God told Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you've purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. That's from Genesis 17. God required the, the circumcision as a sign of the covenant. It signified that you were one of God's chosen people. It was also a signal of complete obedience to God. Now, the brothers knew that Hamar and Shechem were pagan, meaning that they didn't worship God, capital G, capital G-O-D. They didn't worship him. Yet they spring this covenant practice on them. Hamar and Shechem have come really ready to pay any material price for Dinah. Yet the brothers want something more symbolic and they wrap it in their religiosity. Look, if sirens are going off in your head, they should be. This isn't going to end well. But Hamar and Shechem agree to the brother's proposal. It's almost like signing their death warrant. And you know what? Shechem wasted no time in reacting on the request. The Bible records he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. Then Hamar and Shechem approached the men in the town. This is where they're going to give their next pitch, which will be their final pitch. They meet with the leaders at the town gate and they told the men of the town that Jacob and his men and the men in his family are their friends. Be careful now. Be careful how you choose your friends. They tell the men that the land is large enough for Jacob's family to become one with them in the community, living with them and trading freely. They talk about the taking of daughters as wives and letting Jacob's family marry their daughters. And then he explains the catch. Isn't there always a catch, though? He explains the catch. He says, look, um, but they will consider staying here and becoming one people with us only if all of our men are circumcised, just as they are. 
But if we do this, this is, this is the twist they put in there. But if we do this, all their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. For them, it was a numbers game. So come, let's agree to their terms and let them settle here among us. Even in this, they seem to have motive, right? And you know what? All the men in town and the town council agreed with Hamar and Shechem. And every male in that town was circumcised. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I've personally used the lemon and carrot body butter and I adore it. A little goes a long way and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, you can check them out at HerbalGlowUS.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. Ashes. What comes to mind when you think of ashes? I asked some folks in a survey, and, and here's what some of them said. Ashes are something that were, you know, represent something that was burned and destroyed. A dull gray color that has the carbon taken out of it, fire, dirty, dark dust, white powder remnants from something that has been burned, remnants. I also asked them in the survey what would happen or what should happen to a person found guilty of committing sexual assault. The respondents largely said that they should go to prison. This was 87% of the response. This was closely followed at 80% of the response um, by uh, response saying that they should receive counseling and rehabilitation. In either case, the physical life of the person was spared. When asked about their own family's level of protectiveness toward them, the average answer was less than 50%. In fact, it was 47%, indicating that most survey respondents felt that their family was a little less than moderately protective over them. And finally, when asked if the respondent felt rage when someone they know is hurt, the most common answer was sometimes, sometimes they felt rage. That came in at 56%. Then there was a drop to Usually, usually they felt rage. That was at 25%. There's two more responses. They always felt rage, 12.5% of them. And then they rarely felt rage at six and a quarter. The brothers let their anger boil over into rage. They planned to avenge Dinah's rape in a most cruel way. Shechem committed the rape, but the whole town will pay the price. At this point in the narrative, all of the men have been circumcised. So on the third day, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were also Dinah's full brothers, meaning Leah was their mother too, did something that they could never undo. Simeon and Levi took their swords and entered the town without opposition. They slaughtered every male there, including Hamar and Shechem. 
they killed them with their swords, and then they took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to their camp. Remember my comment last week on Dinah being used as bait? So Simeon and Levi ultimately rescued her after they slaughtered the town. Simeon and Levi killed all the men and the other brothers, once they arrived, plundered the town because their sister had been defiled there. They seized all the flocks and herds and donkeys. They took everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside in the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered their houses. They took all the children and wives and led them away as captives. Let that sink in. Let the carnage of the situation sink in. Let the damage of the situation sink in. They did all this to avenge Dinah's rape. People that didn't have anything to do with what happened to Dinah were ultimately affected by the response from Dinah's brothers. The consequences of Shechem's actions were far greater than he could ever have imagined. He saw her. He took her. He raped her. And those actions led to the brothers killing all the men. The impact of sin is often more far-reaching than we can ever imagine. Families were immediately destroyed. The life that everyone lived before this event would never be the same. Wives lost their husbands that day and were led into captivity. Children lost their fathers and were also led into captivity. And what does Jacob say when we finally hear from him? I'm going to give you a heads up. It's probably not what you expect. The NLT Bible records the conversation this way. Afterward, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have ruined me. You've made me stink among all the people of this land, among all the Canaanites and Perizzites. We are so few, they will join forces and crush us. I will be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. That's what Jacob said. Jacob is distressed and upset because the actions of his sons endangered his whole family. It made him a target. It made them a target. See? Told you. Not the response you would have expected. But the brothers have a comeback of their own. They angrily said, But why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute? They showed no remorse for what they had done. Think about the bloodshed and the resulting grief. Of the surviving women and children. Dinah's brother's anger was fueled by family honor. But did this revenge honor Dinah? Did it honor their father? Did it honor their God? Capital G. Later in Genesis on Jacob's deathbed, his, he gathers his sons around for final few words. And when he gets to Simeon and Levi, he denounces them. He straight denounces them. He says, 
Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be a party to their plans. For in their anger, they murdered men and they crippled oxen just for sport. A curse on their anger, for it is fierce. A curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. He cursed them for what they did. Their punishment was far-reaching. Neither of these two tribes would have territory to call their own. But because God is good, the story doesn't end for Simeon and Levi's descendants like this. Ultimately, and over time, the Simeonites ended up in the tribe of Judah. And the Levites, check this plot twist. (laughs) The Levites were the tribe of priests. See how God worked that? God turned what was a judgment into a blessing. In this series, we looked at lust, silence, and revenge as it relates to Dinah's story. This massacre, this bloodshed, this series of unfortunate events was set in motion when Shechem allowed his lust to lead. Remember I mentioned casting crowns? Be careful little eyes what you see. The situation was amplified when there wasn't an immediate fatherly response from the patriarch. Jacob is not recorded as leading the family through the situation. Instead, revenge jumps in the driver's seat as Simeon and Levi exact their punishment on Hamar, Shechem, and the entire town. I have to wonder, what would have happened if the people belonging to God, capital G, if the people belonging to God took a minute and prayed to him for direction? How different would the outcome have been if they would have trusted God to handle the situation? Perhaps you've heard Deuteronomy 32, 35, which says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. In due time, their feet will slip. Their day of disaster will arrive and their destiny will overtake them. Or maybe this passage, which is very similar from Romans 13, 19 to 21, that quotes Deuteronomy. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that. To the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say. I'll take revenge. I'll pay them back. Says the Lord. And the second part of this passage says. If your enemies are hungry. Feed them. If they are thirsty. Give them something to drink. In doing this. You will heap burning coals of shame. On their heads. And then a guiding principle. Don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by doing good. Scars and ashes. If you like what you've heard today, please be sure to click subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. This way you'll never miss an episode. And if you really like it and want to support this podcast, please give the show a five-star rating and leave a positive review. But most importantly, be sure to tell your friends about Let's Talk Church. Until next time, let your light so shine.
You have been listening to Let's Talk Church, a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced. Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.